Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. The book of James, book of James, chapter 5. Praise the name of the Lord. It feels good to be in church on this Sunday evening, doesn't it? Amen. Amen. If you would, continue to pray for the Barsatis. Brother and sister Barsati both. She requested prayer. She's not feeling well. And we want to, as soon as we get an update on Brother Josh Barsati, we're going to let you know. And uh, those that were not here this morning, he is in the hospital and is in a coma right now. We're believing for a miracle for Brother Barsati. Can you say amen? Praise God. We will continue to pray that God would do wonderful things uh, in him. Amen. James chapter 5. In the apostolic church, we are known in this chapter to go right to verse 14. Is any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church, anointing them with oil. We practice that here. We believe in that. Anointing, praying in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith will save the sick, and God will raise them up. But there's a verse that precedes this that I will preach from tonight. It is chapter 5, verse 13. Is any among you afflicted? The Bible says, let him pray. Amen. Is any merry? Man, we've used that word a lot recently. Is any merry? Are there any merry in the building? Three people. You've been told Merry Christmas since October. And I gave you your opportunity to see if you had been, and three people responded out of out of a lot of people here tonight. Uh, Is any Mary in the building? All right, that's more convincing. He that is Mary, is any Mary, what does it say? Let him sing psalms. If you're happy, sing about it. If you're happy, sing about it. Psalms chapter 40, let's turn there. Psalms chapter 40, reading with verse one. I preached this recently. He said, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, set my feet up on a rock, Emma, and established my goings. Can you say amen? Amen. Has he done anything good for you? Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Verse three, and he had put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. That this morning I preached about this is my story. Tonight I will preach this is my song. Would you clap your hands and praise him tonight? Come on, lift your voice and shout. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Singing has been proven. Uh, Singing has been proven to help us. It is said when we're singing, sound comes out of our mouths at around 750 miles per hour. That's a fast song. Less than 2% of the population is actually tone deaf. 
which is a term people use when someone can't sing very well. With practice, most of us will be able to carry a tune. Look at your neighbor and say, please practice, amen. Because of the way we breathe, it's much easier to sing standing up than sitting down. So that's why we say, let's all stand. Singers can change the shape of their, their throat by training it. Some people suggest that singing is much like a muscle and that if you don't train and practice, you lose your ability. Singing in groups has been proven to help people feel happier. Another good reason to go to church. Singing can help with you, can help with you get a better, it can help you get a better night's sleep. How's that sound for some of you? Listening to music uses your entire brain. There is something about singing that we all have in common. But I have learned over the years that we all get a specific song to sing. Growing up in church, there were people that worshiped differently, as I said this morning. But I also learned that over the years that people typically get a song to sing. Many get more than one, but it's that one. You know me, my favorite song in the world is, I see a crimson stream of blood which flows from Calvary written by G.T. Haywood. I love that song. That is my favorite song. Next to that would be songs about heaven. Songs like, I'll fly away. And oh, I want to see him. This world is not my home. Amen. And heaven's jubilee. How many love songs, amen, to sing to the Lord? Do you love that? I enjoyed the songs tonight. This praise team has been outstanding, amen, leading us even in song. I felt the glory of God come in here while we were singing. I grew up in church and there were moments in church. It appeared back in the days that my dad and I were talking today a little while. And it, 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 all you did was pretty much work and church. Everything else was sin almost, but we went to church all the time. That's what we did. You, if you missed a night service in a six-week revival, you, you regretted it. You wish you'd win. You were upset that the boss asked you to stay over because church was your life. You loved it. Your entertainment was being with each other, staying in the homes and eating out and fellowship meetings. You look forward to fellowship meetings. And we would. On Fridays nights, we would go to this church for, and churches would gather all over the area and they call them fellowship meetings and uh, uh, fellowship rallies, some would call it. I remember in those days when somebody had a revival, everybody went to the revival. This church, an evangelist would preach to this church and for a week and he'd go down the road and preach to another church and this church would follow the evangelist down there. And as he stayed in the area, the revivals just grew because everybody kept following the evangelist going around. Listen, I evangelized for seven years. You have to really stay on your toes and preach a lot of different messages when everybody's following you from church to church. That's right. But you'd go, and I remember in the fellowship meetings, there was, I remember there was uh, some, they would always honor the preachers that were in the, in the room, and they would honor the ministry, and they'd say, uh, stand and say your name and what city you're from. And I remember there was, there was a guy that stand, and every rally you'd hear him, he said, I'm Brother Neil from Summersville. That stuck in my head, you know. I'm Brother Moorfield from Bluefield. And uh, 
Not everybody's not, you know, then my dad get up saying, Brother Bounds from Glen Ferris. It just didn't rhyme. Didn't, didn't sound as good as everybody else's, you know. But, but in those meetings, there were some they would have to sing. And there was an Isaac Withrow that he, he always seemed old to me. Because he was old to me. I was a boy. But he'd get up and he would sing. He'd sing with his bellowing voice. He'd sing something like this. Oh, I would not. And he'd carry it that way. Be a sinner, oh no, oh no. He would sing that, and that's, I remember that. And us kids would go around saying, I would not. It, it was church life, and... Then we had an evangelist by the name of Lloyd Hart. And when he would, I need my handkerchief. Would you bring my handkerchief and bring me that microphone if you would. Bring me the microphone and my handkerchief, Brother Noah, thank you. And when, I love to hear him. When I got my license, when I, when I got my license um, and was able to drive, sorry, when I got my license, you know, somewhere at age 16, you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to go to church. I loved it. I couldn't wait to go to the rallies. I couldn't wait to go. I could drive to a church service because there's nothing more entertaining and powerful than a church services. Some of the greatest things that ever happened and the most funny things ever happened is in a church service, being around people. But there was this preacher by the name of Lloyd Hart. If he was preaching, I'm going to go hear him. He'd preach about an hour and a half. He would. But at 16, I loved it. My dad presented to him one time the Energizer Bunny. Just keeps going and going and going. But he'd get up to church and he, he would always take his microphone with Ryan and he'd wrap his microphone with a handkerchief like that and he'd start singing. And he'd sing this song and it went something like this. I'm going to a city 1,500 miles long. That's how he would sing it. Oh, I'm going to a city 1,500 miles long. It's coming down from heaven and there's room for everyone. Then he said, I'm going to sing, I'm going to shout in that city called New Jerusalem. I'm going to sing, I'm going to shout in that city called New Jerusalem. It's coming down from heaven and there's room for me and you. I'm going to a city. We used to say he would sing it 1,500 miles long because he'd sing it a long time. But it did something for me. When I went to church and he was in that meeting, I would hope he would sing that song. You know why? Because it was tailored to his heart. It was tailored into his mind. It wasn't something he did. The song was who he was. You can't separate the song from the worshiper. You can't separate the song from a praiser. You can't separate it. Amen, amen. Somebody shout, this is my song. Oh, my grandmother will get up and sing and you've heard me talking about it many times. But my, my uncle Mike, the other night we were talking, he was, he was my favorite Sunday school teacher. It was always powerful. And the other night we spent a little time on the phone together and reminiscing about the old days in church. And he said, you know, there was something about Sister Johnson, Mimi Johnson, my grandmother. He said, oh, she had a song. And that song that she would sing was, and her falsetto voice with her big hair and her passionate spirit, she was singing the falsetto soprano voice. What would I do without Jesus? 
I can't, I can't do it justice. He's the shepherd of my valley. I couldn't walk this road alone. You know what I would pay to hear her sing one more time? When I'm hungry, he feeds me. When I'm thirsty, he's my water. I couldn't make it without Jesus. What would I do? And she'd say, when I need someone to talk to, he's always there to listen. With arms around me, he holds me to his bosom. What would I do? And when you think of Mimi, you think of her song. When you hear the song, you would think of Sister Bertha Johnson, my grandmother. You know why? Because when God saves you, he will give you a song. Amen. A praise to him. How many in this room have a song to sing? He's given you a song. He's given you a song. He's given you a song to sing. My mother, I used to... Loved it. My mother has an alto voice. I still love to hear her sing. And every now and then when mom and dad come, you'll hear them sing. And sometimes she's backing dad up as we sing. And as kids, I told mom, I said, how did you get one of my kids to sing, you know? And I said, how did you get us to sing? She said, you didn't have an option. It was either sing or, you know, you want to sing right now. And I remember going down the road and I can remember taking long road trips before everybody had TVs and phones in the car. We had something called family time. And he's driving down the road and, all right, we're going to sing this song. You know this song. All right, David, you, you're going to sing this part. Aaron, you're going to sing this part. And I'm like, what does it mean to have parts? Well, this is what it means. You do this. When I was growing up in church, I don't remember saying this, but my parents tell me that when they started the church in Glen Ferris in 1990, I was learning to play the guitar and my dad was pastoring. And... Uh, my dad tells me, my mother tells me that I told dad, I said, dad, why don't you pastor and I'll play the guitar? Because he was trying to play the guitar and he can very good, he can sing and play at the same time. And he said, I'll play the guitar while you pastor. And so, um, and I, I need a chair. Would you give me a chair? Give me, give me a chair here for a minute. My mother would be standing, uh, standing at the keyboard and there was this song that we would sing in church back in the hills, back in West Virginia, the good songs, amen. How many ever heard a song? My God is real. He's real in my soul. My God is real for he has washed and made me whole. His blood's for me. Amen. It's like pure gold. My God is real. I can't feel it in my soul. And so, but they were singing a song and dad might be leading it in the church when we started. And it went something like this. All right, Aaron, the key of G. My God is C. She say, he real in my G. <laughs> that's how I learned to play music in church. And that's how we learned. We did it as a family. Then we'd go at the house and we're driving down the road and we'd learn to sing parts because you couldn't se separate church from a song and you couldn't separate a song from the church. Amen. Singing's not supposed to be something held for Sunday. It's something we ought to be singing all the way to the next church service. A song in my heart. He didn't say he that enters the church can only sing. He said he that is Mary ought to sing. You ought to wake up in the morning saying, hmm, I wonder why I'm gonna sing today. You know what I'm gonna sing? I'm gonna sing when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me. My soul cries out hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. 
Somebody shout hallelujah. Oh, there ought to be a song in us. Amen. Don't you let the news destroy your song. Don't let media take away from your song. Forget about why you're at church. When we get to the house of God, we ought to have, my grandmother taught me, you've got to have your mind on the Lord. Between getting ready and church time, she would turn everything off. She would wait upon the Lord. She would put her mind, so when she got to church, it didn't take 45 minutes of singing to get her mind on it. Now when she got there, her mind was already on the service. Can I tell you tonight, we haven't come here just to fulfill religious obligation. We've come here because we've got a song to sing. There's praise on my lips. There's fruit of praise in my mouth. Somebody shout, oh, hallelujah. Amen. A song, a song, a song. He said, and he had put a new song in my mouth. You used to sing about beer and bars. Now you're singing about the blood and heaven. You used to sing about dancing and chaos. But now you sing about dancing and Calvary. I come to tell you, amen. We haven't stopped singing. We just quit singing, change singing and who we're singing to now. We're not singing about our problems. We're singing about our promises. We're not singing about the bad. We're singing about the good. He has given us a new song. The first song ever recorded in scripture is when they came out of Egypt and they wrote a song that God has brought us out. Before I move on, has God ever brought any of you out of anything that you can jump to your feet tonight and say, he brought me out. He brought me out. He brought me out. Woo, clap your hands and praise him. He brought you out. He brought you out. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Now, what I'm saying is, is that when you get the song, and he's giving you a new song, the Bible says, the Lord is my song. Everybody say, the Lord is my song. Praise God. Once he gives you a song, the song cannot be separated from you. You are the song, and he is your song, and he's in you, and you're in him. It's a part of you. You can't separate the song from the singer. You can't separate the song from the worshiper. It's just who you are, it is your story. Somebody say a song. The psalmist also said, they said, can you sing a song in the night? Somebody say, I can sing a song in the night. When you look at the children, of, when you look at Paul and Silas and God has sent him to Macedonia to start a church, he gets there and starts a prayer meeting, starts praying and Lydia is converted, gets baptized. When she's baptized, a woman of divination shows up. And when she shows up, uh, he cast the devil out of her. And there was leaders in the city that were making money by her, her um, game sayings. Almost like fortune teller. And uh, when she lost her influence, because she'd been delivered of that lying spirit, you better be careful who prophesies to you. I didn't say prophesy. I said, prophet lie. Let the devil determine in your future. I don't want nobody in touch with the devil talking to me about my tomorrow. You don't need a 1-900 psychic. You don't need a tarot card reader. Let me stay on this for a minute. You don't need horoscopes and moon phases to determine your destiny. I'm going to tell you where my destiny is. It's all in him. That's where it's at. It's all in him. I have... 
I have a friend of mine that went to a, his mother, his name, he's from Forsyth, Georgia. His name is Michael Causey, tremendous, tremendous man. I've always loved him, preached for him several times. And was always great down in Georgia. And uh, um, I'll never forget the story he told me. He said, he said, my mother was a Christian, but she dealt with fear. And she was so concerned about the future of her, her future and, and our, the future of the children that she decided to go to a palm reader. And uh, listen, there's only one hand I need read. It's got nail scars in it. He's got my future. Look at your neighbor and say, the Lord has our future. He said, I'd give my life to the Lord. I'd repent it and been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost at this time. I went down to church. My mother wasn't going to church with us, but... She was, she was somewhere else, but he said, he said, I'd been going to the church and said, my mother went, took us, took, went down to the, to the palm reader to determine, try to get a little clarity about her future. And while she was there, the palm reader did her hocus pocus, whatever they do, I've never been around one. And I don't know if they look in the globe, I'm not sure what they do, but they, she said, well, this is what I see. I see this in you and I see this in this kid and I see this in this kid and I can tell you about the past of this kid and the future of this kid. She said, but you have one kid that I can't see anything in the past and I can see nothing in their future. Amen. Because when you come to him, you have no past and he has your future. Woo! I feel something moving in the building. Don't you think for a minute you're living out your family's curses. When you repented, you got washed in the name of Jesus by the blood. It's gone. The curse is gone. The blessing has been poured up over you. I wish somebody would shout, I am blessed. When I wake up in the morning, I'm blessed. When I go to bed at night, I am blessed. Somebody shout, I am blessed. Oh, my lands, we know who has our future. Somebody shout, Jesus has my future. I want you to turn to two or three people and tell them everything is going to be all right. Do you feel that tonight? How many feel that tonight? How many feel like God's got it all under control? How many believe he's got the whole world in his hands? He still's got you right where he needs you. He's going to take care of you. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise the name of the Lord. I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Oh, I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right. I said, I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. I said, it's going to be all right. I wish somebody would jump to your feet and shout to him, it's going to be all right. God's going to take care of this tonight. God's going to take care of it. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, it's going to be all right. Beat them because the soothsayer can no longer give false prophecies. They're not making money, so they locked him up. They took Paul and Silas and they threw him in a jail cell. They beat him, very possibly. 39 stripes were on their back. Paul said, I'd been beaten five times, 40 saved one. 39 times would have had 195 stripes on his back, suffering things, something he had done. 
And he would have been whipped with 39 stripes and thrown into a jail cell. Here he is beaten down by the enemy. Beaten down. Shackles on his hands. Shackles on his feet. He didn't do anything to deserve it. He's still a righteous man. Just preaching the gospel and paving a way for a church to be planted in this city. Because sometimes when you are a when you are, you are paving the way, there's some things you go through to see that thing take place. Amen. Sometimes there's suffering along the way. Sometimes life, there's suffering along the way. Except the grain of wheat die and fall into the ground, it shall not live. Just because you're blessed doesn't ever mean that you're not gonna deal with some suffering. Oh yeah, Paul said that I may know him in the fellowship of his resurrection, amen. The power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Just because you go to church does not mean you're not ever gonna have to deal with some suffering. Just because, amen, you become a missionary doesn't mean you're not gonna have to deal with some pain and agony as the Barsides tonight. But I come to tell you today, there's one thing the enemy can't do. They might at times be able to beat you down, but they can't separate you from your song. They can't separate you from your praise. They might beat you up, but they can't stop you from opening up your mouth and magnifying the Lord tonight. I come to tell you, there's still a song in my heart. There's praise on my lips. Somebody shout, there's a song. Beat him down. And the Bible says in Acts 16, somebody shout at midnight. Paul and Silas parade. They didn't only pray. Some of you have prayed and waiting on an answer, but you forgot to pray and praise. You gotta learn to pray and praise. Pray and sing praises unto God. Some of you pray and you're waiting on God to answer the prayer before you get the song back out. That's not how we do it. I don't have to have an answer for me to rejoice. You know what I need? I just know that he's listened to me, and so I'm just gonna start praising him in advance for what I know he's gonna do for me because it doesn't matter what I'm going through, he's still on the throne, he's still in control, and he's gonna make a way. Oh, can I preach to you tonight? Amen. They can beat you down, but they can't steal your song. And the Bible says at midnight, they started singing praises unto the Lord. And when they did, you know what I believe? There's some of you in this room, you're one song away from a victory. You're one song away from an answer. You're one song away from a breakthrough. You're one song away. You're one praise. I feel this in the building. If you just start praising him, quit waiting on the answer and praise him. Jump to your feet, I'm closing tonight. Somebody shout praise him. Praise him in the morning. Praise him in the noontime. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him till the sun goes down. I'm gonna praise him. When I don't feel good, I'm gonna praise him. When the answer seems to be stopped, I'm gonna praise him. When things aren't going my way, I'm gonna praise him. Because you can't separate the singer from the song. Somebody shout, I've got a song. Sing it. You've got a song, sing it. Can you sing the song in the night? 
Can you sing the song with shackles across your ankles? Can you sing the song with stripes on your back? Oh yeah, Paul said, let me tell you something. Suffering will never stop you from singing. And at midnight, look at your neighbor and say, midnight. Oh, I wish you'd help me preach and say, midnight, midnight. And the prisoners heard them. You see, somebody's watching you. Your suffering is what possibly is going to set somebody else free. I told somebody this morning, I told somebody this morning, I said, God never just gives you enough. If God does something for you, he's going to give what you need and some more. So if God heals you, it's not just for you, but so somebody else can get healed. He's going to pour another healing on you that your testimony is going to bring healing to them. He's not going to give you just enough money. He's going to give you enough money to bless the poor, to bless a missionary, to give to the king. That's how he operates. It's more than enough. Look at your neighbor and say, we are living in abundance. Amen. Your song is going to set other people free. My dad won a man to the Lord by singing on the job one time. He said, what are you singing? I like that song. He said, that's a song we sing in church. He said, he said, why don't you come to church sometime? He said, I will. He came to church, gave his life to the Lord and his wife and children. All because he heard my dad singing on the job. A song in the night. The Bible says suffering. It talks about suffering. I preached about it a week or so ago. But Nehemiah, you and I talked about it a few nights ago. But when you're going through things, can you still sing? You got to learn to sing in the night. You got to learn to sing in the jailhouse. You got to learn to sing when you've been... Stripes on your back. Everybody say, keep on singing. You've got a song. The devil can't take your song. I'm preaching to somebody tonight. The devil can't take your song. The Bible says at midnight, and suddenly there was a great earthquake because singing always brings God. And God is more powerful than anything that's against you. An earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. You know what some of you do? You sing too quiet. You sing too quiet. You're too quiet. You're too quiet. You know what some of you need to do? You need to start singing louder. With all your heart, all your might, and all your strength. Hey, all you whispers in the building, you need to start singing. Well, I can't sing it. Well, practice. Get in the shower and sing loud. Sing like nobody's listening. Come on. You ought to learn to dance like nobody's watching too. Come on, this, this is the dance floor. We're entertaining him. You can have two left feet like me, but it doesn't matter. I'm going to praise him with everything I've got because he's been good to me. Somebody shout, sing. Shout it again, sing. Man. Apostolic preachers on the plane. Remember the United Pentecostal Church and started sharing with the man beside him. He said, they started talking, what do you do where you from? He said, I'm the United Pentecostal Church preacher. He said that. He said, the man stared off through the window for a, got a gaze look in his eye looking out the window and it was a pause he said it's been a long time he said well have you been to United Pentecostal Church he said I've never been to United Pentecostal Church he said I go Christmas and Easter to church but 
Never been in a United Pentecostal church. He said, well, I noticed that you stared off and you said it's been a long time. What does it mean? He said, when I was in the Vietnam War, he said, I was a POW. He said, there were several of us there that were POWs and held in this imprisoned cage. And he said, um, every day they'd come in and pull us out and beat us. He said, but every night there was one POW after we'd get our beating. Every night he'd sing something like this. Hold the keyboard one second. Victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard an old, old story. The Savior came from glory. How his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. And he said every night after the beating, he would sing that song. He said, I don't know his name, but all of us called him victory. And one thing we understood is victory had a God. And if victory has a God, victory has a song. There's a song that brings victory. There's a song that'll take you home. There's a song that'll get you through the trial. Come on, Paul and Silas. Sing. The devil's been after your family, sing. Come on, there's been an attack against your mind, sing. Seems like things aren't going your way, sing. Because God has given you a song. Somebody shout, I have a song to sing. I want you to lift your hands and praise him all over this building. It's not over yet. Your story's not finished written yet. The chapter's changing, but the book's not finalized. Hallelujah. There's another victory about to be recorded. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel a praise in the building. I feel a worship coming in the building. There's a shout going to come from the depth of you tonight. That's going to be victory, victory tomorrow. Come on, victory has a God. There's a song. There's victory in you. you breakthrough to people that surround you. It's not just about you. Your suffering will not be in vain. There's about to be a victory taking place in your life. Hallelujah! In the name of Jesus, in the name. Go ahead and praise Him. You know how to do it. Praise Him with your whole heart. Why don't some of you get out of your seat and just start praising Him? Why don't you get up march around the building and say, I'm blessed. God's been good to me. There's victory. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.